Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. It is just me tonight. Don't worry. Boston Capper is okay. Uh, I have proof of life. He got tied up with some family commitments tonight, but he'll be back on the show tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Feinberg on the show tomorrow night to uh, uh, talk about more about the U.S. Open, talk about our betting pins for the Travelers, but just me tonight. Uh, so tonight, I didn't give you guys a preview pod last night because it was Father's Day and the U.S. Open went late. And just going to be honest, I have a kid coming very soon. There are a lot of priorities right now that I need to put ahead of uh, putting together some preview content. And I didn't wasn't able to get a column out to you either. But uh, I will give you a quick preview of Travelers. The good news is that this is a golf course we've seen a lot of. And I don't really need to hold your hand through a lot of this stuff. You kind of know what works here uh, and what you really want to go for. Uh, and then we're going to do, uh, I'll go over the DFS pricing. I'll talk about ownership. I'll talk about some guys I like, some uh, you know guys who I think are going under-owned right now, where I think ownership is going to go. We'll see. But first, I mean, I, I, I'm going to save most of my U.S. Open takes for tomorrow, specifically the players. Uh, congratulations to Wyndham Clark. Uh, I unfortunately had Rory McIlroy. You know, I, it's, that's what it feels like to be, have a crushing Rory McIlroy uh, defeat. And you bet him. I don't bet Rory outright, outright a lot because typically his price is so low. But I just had a really strong feeling in my gut that he was going to do very well and maybe win this thing. Uh, I didn't understand why people were just counting him out from the jump. I don't think there really is a golf course that Rory McIlroy cannot have success at. So, but didn't happen. Uh, Wyndham Clark was nails though. We'll talk about that tomorrow. He was absolutely spectacular. And, uh, but I want to transition to the golf course because that was a very polarizing subject this week. Um, about just how it played and if it was challenging enough and if it was a good golf course, uh, I, I can definitively say it is a good golf course. Uh, I broke it down. I tried to show you how, you know, it could play, uh, the interesting features of it. And people just wanted to pile on on Thursday because they saw a couple guys go and shoot 62. And I get that. That's not really uh, a U.S. Open that you're used to. You're, we all grew up with, you know, narrow fairways and thick rough and trees and no birdies. And, you know, some people like that style of golf. That's what they want to watch. That's what they're used to. Uh, I preferred watching at LACC. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, I didn't mind what happened Thursday or Friday even. The whole point was this golf course was designed to have birdies. On it, there definitely were birdie holes. If you set it up that certain way, you could have them. You could go low, 
but there also were a lot of difficult holes. And that's exactly how Thursday played out. It happened to be that most of the easier holes are on the front nine. There was a little bit of a stretch on the back nine where you can score too, but there are some really difficult holes at uh, LACC that shine through like number, uh, number five, number 13, 16, 17 as well. Uh, number seven, number 11. So, I didn't mind at all that guys are shooting 62 on uh, Thursday. It par is just a number, guys. It is what it is. Um, the fact that there was marine, marine layer all day over the golf course and what that does, that adds a little bit of moisture to a golf course because it's essentially putting mist on the golf course and there's no wind at that point. And sure, when you have wider fairways and no wind and a little bit of moisture on that golf course, Guys are going to go low. So, but it's still held up. You know, it, the scoring average, I think, was still about one and a half over par. And then Friday, we finally got sun in the afternoon and it toughened up. The scoring average, I think, was a one and a quarter shots uh, harder than the morning. You could start to see the ball kind of rolling. And, and at that point, I said, okay, this is when the U.S. Open is going to start. I thought this was going to start turning, that we were starting to see a transformation and a shift in the golf course itself. So, if you have a problem with how it was going, it's not really the golf course's fault. Um, you know, I, I don't think NBC did a great job of presenting on television. It kind of was the elements that got a, maybe got off to a slow start. But it, I will say, though, it wasn't perfect. And the reason why, it, it's not the golf course itself. It's a couple factors, though. I, I, I thought the USGA definitely played it a little too safe, especially as the weekend went on. And I, I guess my expectation for this golf course was like, I just mentioned earlier, I thought it was going to evolve throughout the days and get progressively harder and harder and harder as they kind of let it dry out and let the weather kind of dictate what it was going to do. And I came into Saturday thinking, especially because the Marine layer wasn't there all day. I thought, okay, this is going to be really, really difficult conditions. And, Honestly, it wasn't, um, and it was mostly because of the fact that the USGA decided to put down a lot of water uh, on this golf course during the tournament. And I, I, I can, I guess, I can understand because the golf course LACC can dry out very quickly um, when the sun is on it. So I can understand if they want to put it on the greens, but I didn't understand why they were putting on the fairways too. I, at the end of, I think Thursday and Friday coverage, I saw them take hoses to the fairways. I guess one of the things I found most interesting about LACC was the rolling topography and how once the ball hit the ground, it started rolling and rolling. And I'm going to be honest, like it, it, when, when I watched, I watched a lot of that Walker cup footage and it definitely played a lot faster on the ground than what I saw at LACC this week. Now, part of that is because it's in September, but the USGA willingly put water on the course. So that didn't really help. Um, I also maybe kind of expected that it wouldn't just play the same pretty much every single day as far as the front nine was super gettable, back nine wasn't. And I remember reading that Jeff Shackelford commented on a bunch of holes saying, well, if the USGA wants to run these greens at a certain speed, you are going to lose pins. Now, like, and, 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 I, and I think about it for hole number three which was, you know, it's a shorter par four, but it played uphill. Um, you know, it had, you know, pretty significant undulation of the golf course, but it had, or to the fairway, but it also had the most severe contouring on the green. It was very severely slow from back to front. And it played as one of the easiest holes on the 
on the course. And I, and I can only think that, you know, because the USGA wanted to run these greens so fast, they lost probably challenging pin positions. And I, I think that's probably why we saw some certain holes play easy every single day and all the other holes play difficult every single day. There wasn't really, I felt like a diversity of, okay, maybe this day it plays really easy, but the next day birdie is really difficult or this day it's a complete ball buster, but now it's really gettable. If you look at this hole by hole scoring every single day, it was pretty consistent turn from start to finish which that's a setup issue. That's not really a golf course issue. The USGA chose to put water on the course to kind of slow it down. And they chose to run the greens very fast to lose pins. So if you have a qualm with the golf course, it's mostly with the USGA at that point. Uh, And I think you also have to take qualm with the fact that, you know, these guys are just really good at this point. Um, You know, with how far and straight they hit the ball, it just doesn't matter sometimes. And I, I, LACC is great for member play. Um, but, you know, you definitely saw some players challenge. And, and, and it definitely brought the best players who were playing the best up the leaderboard there. Um, but it also kind of set up situations where, like kind of like a Shinnecock situation, where it, like because the marine, marine, marine layer hung over the course in the morning and there was water on it, it was super gettable. It creates some wave splits. That's really bad for gambling. Like if you're in DFS today, how do you feel about, you know, basically Fleetwood and Rom coming back from T38 and getting to play a golf course that had water sitting on it all day and morning uh, and shooting five under, six under and moving all the up T10. Whereas if you actually build a good lineup and you had a guy going into Sunday uh, up towards the top, they played much more difficult conditions and they had to fade. And uh, that wasn't great. Um, but like I said, though, I, I, I think if, you know, we are going to come back here, I think in 2039, uh, maybe we will have a different golf ball and different clubs at this point where it won't go as far. Maybe some of the creative or maybe some of the challenge of hitting on the correct side of the fairway or being able to carry certain hazards, maybe that will actually be brought back for this place. But I mean, overall, though, I mean, I think the biggest drawback, and this is, I think, universal at this point, is just the vibe. Uh, I said back in December that I didn't think this actually, I thought it was a great golf course. I didn't think it was a good major venue. That probably was one of my best takes I ever made. Um, the vibe was bad. And it had to do with the fact that the LACC basically only wanted to have 23,000 people on it and mostly their members and corporate sponsors on there too. They did not want the general public out there. And it, it really showed. It was kind of dead out there. I mean, I think the fact that Ricky drained what a 60 footer on Saturday and seven people clapped. That's not great. Um, it wasn't easy to get around the golf course. Pace of play was pretty bad. I said that back in December too. And that was right. Um, so yeah, listen, I love LACC. I think it's a great golf course. I think the USGA played it way too safe with the setup. I think they put way too much water on it. I think it, they could have pushed the envelope a little more. As it went through the weekend, they chose not to. Maybe they got spooked by not wanting to turn to Shinnecock. Maybe LAC, the members of LACC didn't want the golf course to go completely to hell. So they didn't want to really stress the golf course too much. And between that and the coverage, which everybody's talked about ad nauseum, honestly, I think I'm good on LACC. 
Uh, I mean, there's certain golf, there's great golf courses in America that are not meant to hold major championships. And especially when it's in LA and the crowd is dead and these guys are just too good and they hit it too long and great architecture sometimes isn't really challenging for these guys. So it is what it is. Um, I have no problems with the golf course as it is though. Um, I think it's just a setup issue. Uh, but I'm, my co-host disagrees. There were plenty of things that uh, he didn't like. And he calling the golf course says it sucks or TBC LA, whatever. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. I know that was a long rant, uh, but that's, I think was the major issues was set up and the vibe. That's why it was kind of a meh U S open for me. And if I know it's going to come back in 2039, if it somehow falls through, it is what it is. So, all right, why don't we take our first break? Uh, so let's talk about Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs makes a stretch khaki shorts designed for, to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but way better fit. And they fit way better because regular shorts, are they're stiff, they're restricting cotton, uh, and this is a huge issue for, you know, especially in the summer, especially with golfers too. Like, you don't want, you know, your hips to feel very stiff, especially when you're trying to rotate through the ball, shift your weight, and if you can wear a pair of comfy shorts that can help you, you know, with your flexibility and make you feel a little more free as you start hitting through the zone there, you know, bird dogs are definitely uh, the shorts for you. So go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pooled for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off and we promise you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right. That's the end of uh, the LACC talk. I know that went long. Why don't we talk about TBC River Highlands? And very quick preview. Um, you've seen this golf course a lot. There's a lot of data on it. There's a lot of history on it. So why don't I just give you the main bullet points, uh, and then we'll go into the DFS pricing. So uh, TBC River Highlands, uh, it was originally designed by Pete Dye in 1982. Here's where people get this wrong, though. So in 1989, though, it underwent a major renovation by his protege, Bobby Weed. And the golf course you see today, I would say probably 70% of that is Bobby Weed. And it was a massive renovation that they did to it. Um, most of the original Pete Dye you see at TBC River Highlands is actually probably in someone's very nice finished basement. Uh, all the houses in the area that ran the golf course, that was the old golf course that it, those houses were built on. 
pretty much the entire back nine all the way down by the river and the railroad tracks those were new holes after they bought property and bobby weed and i think another one of his partners designed all of that uh, they also changed number five and six they combined eight and nine to make that kind of 90 degree um right uh par four but you know because this is a shorter golf course and it's very penal and there are several peat die golf courses that are very short and very penal especially off the tee that's why you see a lot of crossover between guys who do well peat die golf courses and guys who do well here and the fact that bobby weed is a is a die protege so you know it, it's it's a i would say a fake peat die um Bobby Weed definitely put some die principles into it. Uh, there are several golf courses I use this week that are dies and also other ones that are not, but they're just shorter. They're a little more penal off the tee. They have high driving accuracy rates, which this place has a high green regulation rates which this place also has. As far as agronomy goes, uh, it is Kentucky bluegrass uh, in the rough, uh, four plus inches. Uh, I believe they're taking a page out of Oakdale's book and growing the rough pretty thick. This year, I think they also might have shrunk the fairways a little bit. I noticed uh, on the GCSAA, uh, the acreage of fairway shrunk a little bit and the acreage of rough grew this year. So maybe not quite as wide of fairways as what there used to be. I mean, I know the driving accuracy rates tend to be around 68% here. Maybe it's a little less this year. Uh, as far as the greens go, they're Bentgrass and Poana. Uh, and there's several golf courses that we've seen where uh, that's the grass, uh, Oakdale. Uh, a couple weeks ago, that's a Ben Poe mix. Uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic, Detroit Golf Golf Club, that's Poana. Silverado, that's Ben Poana. Uh, Ridgewood, where at the site of I think a Northern Trust or a BMW a couple years ago in the Fast Cup playoffs, that's a Ben Poe mix. Uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club, Ben Poe mix. Uh, Firestone, where they played Bridge the WGC Bridgestone, Ben Poe mix. So there's a lot of Ben Poe mix golf courses. Uh, I mean, it, it how it rolls, it kind of depends on what the composition of Poet of Bent is. If it's mostly bents, it doesn't roll quite as true. So it can be kind of a tricky uh, surface to put on. It's a lot more inconsistent than a bent grass that you typically see. Uh, but overall, though, it's similar strains of grass. You know, it doesn't have as much grain in it as a Bermuda does. So, um, you know, typically you'll find guys who perform very well on bent grass and bent poa. But I, I, I focus mostly on the Ben Poa stuff this week, uh, just because I'm a nerd and was able to track that down. So as far as some other things about this golf course, like I mentioned, high driving accuracy rates here, but also a lot of penalties. There's a lot of water on this golf course. Uh, there's also some area, there's some out of bounds as well. Or uh, I think I know on, I think one of the holes on the back nine, you can hit it over the railroad tracks. That's a penalty too. So there are definitely a lot of shorter golf courses, and this is a very short golf course. It's, uh, it is 6,852 yards, par 70. It is, I think, the shortest golf course on data golf. So, um, you know, there's several golf courses you could look at that have, you know, pretty high penalty rates or are pretty short. So Austin Country Club. You know, there's a lot of guys who are really good at Austin, really good at TBC River Highlands, Harbor Town. You got the Pete Dye connection there. Uh, Pebble Beach, same deal. Uh, PJ National, Sea Island, Sedgefield, Sherwood Country Club. That's the one where they played that Zozo Championship. That one actually had some nice crossover TBC River Highlands again. You know, fairly high driving accuracy rates. You don't have to use driver a whole lot, but if you hit it off the fairway, 
it was there was definitely a big penalty for it as far as your average score between balls from the fairway and balls from the rough there. Uh, the stadium course at PGA West, you know, kind of a lighter version of uh, TBC Sawgrass, and TBC Sawgrass is probably another one you can use too. TBC Louisiana, TBC Potomac, TBC Southwind. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of P-Tie golf courses that you can definitely use, but there's also a lot of non-P-Tie golf courses. Don't, so don't just pigeonhole yourself into die this week because this isn't, it's about 40% P-Tie. It's 70% or about 60% Bobby Weed. Uh, definitely to look at all those golf courses, though. Uh, they basically offer all the same stuff. I mean, essentially a penalty for hitting, you know, off the fairway there. Uh, and then around the green, it's uh, pretty tough here. It's one of the tougher golf courses on the PGA Tour as far as uh, the ability to gain strokes around the green. Um, you know, but even though it's fairly smaller greens, it's only about 5,000 square feet in area. Usually these tournaments have pretty high green regulation rates. They're usually around 70%. It's mostly because you have a lot of shorter approach shots. I think 50% of your shots come between 125 and 175. Uh, there's also a slightly uh, higher uh, amount of shots over, under 125 too than the typical PG Tour uh, stops. So if you just look at shots under 175, you'll probably get about 82% of your shots for this place. And that's why you tend to see you know, a lot of parody in this leaderboard where, you know, you have guys who, you know, can't hit driver all over the place and it's a lot of shorter approach shots. So that shrinks the gap between your premium ball striker. Who's really good with their long irons and kind of the run of the mill guys. So that's why you can see a shorter hitter do well here. That's why you can see a longer hitter do well here. You know, you've had Ches Reavy and Dustin Johnson went to this place or Bubba Watson. Even he's been really good here. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of variety of skill sets that a golfer can come here with uh, and do well. You just got to keep it in the fairway, keep it out of the penalty areas, um, hit your shorter irons pretty good. Uh, being a good scrambler helps, but it's not a prerequisite uh, just because it is so tough around these greens and there isn't really a whole lot of correlation between guys who dominate around the green and show up really well on the leaderboard. I think that's, you know, I think it kind of levels the playing field a little bit and then roll the rock a little bit, so... All right, let's take one more break, and then we will um, start breaking down DFS uh, pricing. So we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, $10,000 range. You got Scotty Shuffler at 11,300. Rory McIlroy off the close call once again, 10,900. John Rahm at 10,800. Uh, Xander Shoffley at 10,400. And Patrick Cantley at 10,200. So the most popular player by far in this range seems like it's going to be Patrick Cantley um, with probably a lot of support for Xander as well. Um, maybe it's because of black backlash from. Yet another uh, solid, looks good in the Wikipedia page performance at a major, but uh, in Xander's case, he definitely blew it over the weekend. And in Cantley's case, he blew it on Thursday and backdoored a top 15 finish like he usually does. And, you know, both those guys were in contention last year. Xander obviously won. Patrick Cantley was terrible uh, on Sunday. I had a bet on him that day. But, you know, Patrick Cantley... He definitely dominates uh, a lot of the golf courses that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, as far as really good at the stadium course, really good here, obviously. 
go to TBC Louisiana and Heritage. Uh, he won at Sherwood. Uh, really good at Pebble Beach, too. So a lot of these shorter tracks where you got to plot around, uh, you know, hit really good tee shots, avoid penalty areas. That's his bread and butter. So I'm not surprised that in DFS he's really popular. Um, look, I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys I like, especially in the $9,000 range uh, that are not popular. Uh, and there's a couple guys in the eights and sevens too. So if you want to eat the chalk and start with Cantlay, who, you know, I mean, there is some concern this week, I think, of because it's been really busy with the schedule and a lot of these guys are probably going to take a summer break between now and the Scottish Open because it's just been a really busy schedule. Uh, there wasn't a lot of time between the last PGA or the last major and this major. I think a couple of guys are definitely going to take a couple of weeks off. So maybe these guys are just going to, you know, maybe cruise through this place. And But Patrick Hanley, though, he hasn't won in a while. And maybe this is a motivation for him to do well this week. So, I mean, I, I can't fault anything really in his profile for, um, you know, being popular. It just, if you want to eat the chalk or not, but I, I actually really like John Rahm this week. And I mean, I, I, he let a lot of people down at LACC because his driver was so bad on Thursday, but he actually drove it pretty well after the fact. And that's another guy too, that, you know, he's been really good on a lot of shorter golf courses with a high rate of penalties. So, you know, really good at the Amex, you know, the stadium course and all those ones. Really good at Austin Country Club. A lot of short irons there. It's definitely some water on that golf course, too. Uh, he's been pretty solid at the Players' Championship, even though, you know, I mean, he blew it in 2019, but he finished top 10 uh, in 2022 or in 2021 there. He also got off to a really good start this year, the Players, but he had to withdraw. Uh, you know, 15th at Heritage, he hit the ball great that week, but, you know, he would just come off the Masters, so maybe he had a little bit of fatigue. Second at that Zozo Championship that I mentioned earlier with uh, with Cantley there. Uh, pretty good at TBC Southwind, too. So even though he's a, you know, longer hitter, and we've seen longer hitters do very well here, uh, like a Dustin Johnson, a Bubba Watson. So I actually really like Ron this week, and he's not drawing a ton of ownership right now. I'm seeing projected ownership maybe, you know, like mid-teens this point um you know maybe the second lowest of the guys in the ten thousand dollar range so I, I really like rom um i mean i rory's been surprisingly really good here but i think it's mostly just low-end top tens and i don't remember him ever contending for a win at all so you know i mean if you want to fade him off a emotional um you know, U.S. Open, I think this would be his fourth straight week he's played. Maybe it's a sleepy 15th finish and paying 10-9 for that probably isn't great. Um, you know, Scotty just seems like he's money in the bank. Uh, anytime he tees it up, I have no reason to expect him not to play well at this event. I think he has a T13 here last year. You know, really good at Sawgrass, really good at Austin Country Club. A lot of guys who are really good here are pretty good at, at uh, this place. But he's going to be popular. But again, there's some ways to diversify down the, the lineup there. So, but I, I, my favorite play is definitely Rom in this range. And uh, I mean, spoiler for tomorrow, I, I have a bet on him to win. Uh, I think he's going to win this event. So, all right, nine thousand dollar range. So you got Victor Hovland, nine hundred bucks. Tony Fino, nine seven hundred dollars. Colin Morikawa, ninety five hundred dollars. Tommy Fleetwood, nine three hundred dollars. Wyndham Clark, nine two hundred dollars. Ricky Fowler, ninety one hundred dollars. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, nine thousand dollars. I mean. 
there's really only one guy in this range that is super popular and that's Tommy Fleetwood. And I understand the case, you know, he had a great showing, uh, at, uh, the final round of LACC. He is the king of the Sunday. I'm out of contention, but the USGA is just scared for their life. So they water the golf course and I'm going to take advantage of that. Uh, that's Tommy. He did that at Shinnecock Hills and he did that, uh, yesterday. So, uh, at, you know, the next time someone wants to point at yesterday's major or Shinnecock as the reason why Tommy's awesome, um, just remind me of the fact that he it got lucky that there was a shit ton of water dumped out of the golf course and he took advantage of those conditions. But let's say, I mean, otherwise though, the iron play has been looking good, really good at a lot of these types of golf courses too. You know, always really good at Heritage, really good at the Honda Classic, really good at TBC Southwind too. Decent at the players. Um, you know, his travelers, um, actually he's been okay here. So he finished T46 uh, last year. He finished T9 or T13 2019. So actually it's, it's not all that good. Um, no top 10s yet, only two finishes there. But he's drawn a lot of ownership. I, I mean, that's probably that's probably enough for me to fade him, just because of the fact that he's really popular. So, I, I, I as far as like a guys I like in this range, I mean, you can probably go back to Tony Finau. I, you know, it, he showed I think decently at LACC yesterday. He just you know he got caught in a bad Sunday, but you know, really good at TBC Southwind, pretty good at Amex too. A lot of solid top 20 finishes on a lot of these tracks, you know, like a T11 at Sherwood. Uh, he was T13 last year at the Travelers, too. Uh, you know, and the iron play came back last week. He was struggling for a couple tournaments, um, came back last week. Uh, you know, really good with his irons under 175, really good around the green, too. You know, he's, uh, he's obviously having a ton of trouble with his putter lately, but he's won on a golf course that has bent Poe greens. He won at the Rocky Mortgage last year. So, and maybe we're coming to, you know, a season or a part of the year where Tony Finau maybe dominates some of these weaker courses and uh, the summer slate here. So he's not drawing any ownership either. It's uh, less than 10% for sure. There's some ownership on Colin Morikawa and he should be better. Uh, you know, at these types of golf courses, I mean, anytime a golf course that values accuracy and iron play and, you know, this, this isn't necessarily a putting contest either. Usually the winning score is, you know, in the teens or so. And he showed pretty good last week. I mean, he, you know, he looked, proved to everybody that the back injury or the spasms was just spasms. There wasn't really anything. He drove the ball a lot better. Um, you know, last week too, he was struggling in that category for a little bit. Problem is, though, like his results, especially on Pete Dye course, I'm kind of stealing this take too. Uh, it's pretty checkered. You know, he hasn't really been all that great at Heritage. He had that one year where he was in final group with Stewart Singh and he was god awful on Sunday. Otherwise, though, T31 at Heritage uh, this year, T26 last year at Heritage, uh, the COVID year finished T64. Never all that great there. He's never really been good all at Travelers either, although it was only two times. You know, he played in 2019. Um, I think still, when you know, it was one of his first stars as a professional, so maybe we don't hold that against him. Uh, and then the COVID year, uh, that was shortly off the heels of him losing at Charles Schwab. So maybe that's not fair to say that he hasn't been good at Travelers. But otherwise, though, I mean, at play, at, at Sawgrass, you know, got to a good start last year or this year and then just really faded over the weekend. 
not a lot of strong results there. Never really been all that great at Austin Country Club either. So for whatever reason, it, it just hasn't clicked at a lot of these places for him. Really bad at TBC Louisiana too. So I understand why Morikawa is popular. I just think there's some concerns as far as why isn't he better on some of these golf courses? And I can't really put a, I can't really think of anything with that. So I don't know how much I like him. Um, Wyndham Clark seems destined to miss the cut. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, you, you could definitely afford to get away with a bad, you know, a slightly offline drive at, um, at a LACC last week. Can't really do that here. Um, kind of like Fitzpatrick too. Again, not a lot of popularity. Uh, he played good last week. You know, it was a T17 finish at LACC. Got to a slow start, but he clawed back in it. You know, the iron play has been pretty good this so far this year. Great putter, great around the green. Really good at some of these shorter tracks too, like a Harbor Town as well. I know he hasn't been really good at um, the Travelers, but I think you know I don't think he's played a, very recently. So when's his travelers? Yeah. So the only time he's played travelers was the COVID season. And that was kind of a weird time in golf. Everybody was kind of just getting back into the mix. It was weird crowds. And I know John Rahm, like he doesn't have a great course history here, but it was because he played here in 2015, 2016, I think when he's an amateur in 2020, that was the only time he played here. So I don't know if I can really hold it against him that he doesn't do well here because of one performance in 2020 with COVID around. Otherwise, though, really good TBC Southwind, really good at Heritage, really good at Sawgrass, good at Pebble Beach, like a lot of these shorter tracks. You know, it seems like that's good for him. He's not drawing a lot of ownership either. So, you know, for guys who are not drawing ownership in this range, I really like Finau. I like Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, Hovland could be interesting too if his ownership doesn't get crazy. Just, I think he let a lot of people down to LACC, but awesome from under 175. You know, he's got really good control on his tee shots. I think he finished like T15 here last year, too. Good at Sawgrass. So I kind of like him, too, as long as the ownership doesn't get too crazy. All right, under 9000 bucks. You know, you got Max Homa at $9,900. Justin Thomas, $8,800. Sung JM, $8,700. Three guys right there that, you know, let's we'll just start with them. Just kind of seem just dead. Uh, Sungjae's been horrible, absolutely horrible since he won over in Korea and then he flew back. I remember at the players that they said that he was battling a neck injury and I, I almost wonder maybe on that flight back, something just went amiss with that neck because he has been absolutely horrific. Ever since that win, it's three missed cuts in his last four events. Um, and just honestly, nothing's really going well for him. Um, you know, the his irons have been really, really bad off the tee. You know, he's usually pretty accurate. He's been very hit or miss there around the green has been a mess too. I don't know really what's going on with him. Um, his ownership is absolute drack. And he has been really good at a lot of similar types of golf courses. You know, obviously, he's won at PJ National. He's on, you know, a couple other top tens there. Really good at Wyndham, really good at Sawgrass, great at TBC Louisiana, too. Good at Harbor Town, good at the Amex. I, I don't know. I, 
that's tough. I mean, that's, that's tough to kind of, I mean, he's shown absolutely just nothing. And, and I think probably maybe because of the injury concerns, maybe you just stay away from him there. Um, I mean, Justin Thomas, another guy who just seems pretty dead. His ownership right now is just, I'm looking at under 2% for a guy who finished what 152nd, the U S open shot 81. Now, I had been saying for a couple months now, because I heard this from uh, the Nolana podcast, they speculate he's been injured, been a injury. He apparently denied it in his press conference, but he says that right now he's going through some swing issues that are kind of mental right now. And that's probably explains why he just hasn't been all that good this year. I mean, I know that like he, he was having so much trouble with the putter that maybe he put in a lot of effort in that. And now it's kind of bled into his ball striking stats a little bit. Cause his last three turns T 65 at the PGA cut at Memorial and then cut by a mile. The U S open uh, only two top tens this year. It's, it's kind of a lost year for him. So I don't know if I want to go back to him either, especially this place where he can't really spray it off the tee. And I don't know. They, I, I guess of all of them though, of all of all three, I guess I want to go back to Max Homa. Now he's been really bad here. Uh, he's been bad kind of at other shorter golf courses, with a lot of penalty strokes. But you know, I mean, he was better this year at match play. He was six at Sawgrass. Um, you know, he won TBC Potomac. Although I think that played a lot. That's gonna that played a lot differently because it was so long with all the rains. I don't know how much we can actually take stock in that, but. You know, I mean, at the U.S. Open, he hit the ball fine. Uh, it was really around the green that tricked him up. Finished T9 at Charles Schwab, T8 at Quails. I don't think he's dead. And his ownership is, you know, only 4.5%. Um, I think that's worthy of a DFS play this week for Max Homa just going back to him. Maybe just the, the fact that, like, yeah, he said before LACC that he wasn't going to overprepare and because he knew the place. Maybe the fact that he was LA and he felt like he had a lot of pressure on him. Maybe that got to him, but I don't think he, I, he's, he's way closer to being on form than JT or Sonjay are. So, you know, Hideki's really popular and he burned a lot of people last week. I get it with Hideki really good iron numbers, really good from under 175. But I, I think a decent pivot away from Hideki is home of this week. Just blindly going with that. Um, I know the course history has been really bad here, but I think what he brings to the table now fits a little better for this place. Uh, Shane Lowry also, I think is a good play in this range. He's not drawing a lot of ownership. Now, again, you know, his course history stinks here, but if you actually look at what it, what it actually is. So it was a T60 in the COVID year and he played in 2016 and that's it. That's the only times he's ever played travelers. You know, just with him, though, um, he's been hitting really good off the tee lately. The iron play has been kind of loose. I'm just going to throw faith in Lowry that that's going to bounce back, especially at a place where there's a lot of shorter irons. You know, it was going really good for a while. You know, he gained a lot of strokes with his irons in Memorial and the PGA. Uh, always really good at places like PJ National and Harbor Town and Sawgrass and um, you know, TBC Southwind too. He's not drawing a lot of ownership. He's kind of sandwiched between 
Um, you know, see it's a gala who's drawing a lot of ownership because I think people remember last year and they want to be on him for his win. Uh, and Tom Kim, who actually is probably a really good fit for this place because he's so accurate and he's been, he his irons really good last week and he's, he's really good from under 175. And he, he won a Bobby Weed golf course. He won TBC Summer, Summerlin. So, and 70% of this place is Bobby Weed, not Pete Dye. So, um, I understand why Tom Kim is popular. Uh, Sahith, I, that's just, I think I'm going to fade it. I love the player, but he's so volatile. And if he's going to be chalked this week, that's enough for me to fade him. And good luck for anybody in the pool who wants to play uh, trick or treat with Sahith the Gala. Uh, I love the kid, but not if he's going to be that popular. Uh, and then Siwoo Kim. I mean, I, I love Siwoo Kim, but so does everybody else apparently, but pretty good at, at a lot of the comp courses I mentioned, you know, your Wyndham's or Sawgrasses or um, PJ West, you know, pretty decent here too. Really accurate off the tee. Great from under 175. Um, you know, but unfortunately he's really popular in DFS, but I, I like him a lot this week too. So, that's eight thousand hour range. All right, seven thousand hour range. So here's where the ownership is right now. Uh, mega chalk Russell Henley. Um, I may have an outright on him at a price that was pretty ridiculous, um, but he has been steamed up a lot. A lot of money is on Russell Henley this week. I mean, he played great at LACC. Obviously, great track record at the Travelers. Really good at a lot of the comp courses too. Accurate. Great from under 175. The putter has been pretty good recently, too. Uh, he was in the mix here, I think, the year Harris English won for a win by 20% ownership. So where can we pivot away from Russell Henley? Up here? Yeah, I mean, if you go back to Denny McCarthy, you know, he played all right last week, uh, coming off of, you know, that heartbreak at uh at TBC River Highlands, not a great course, or I'm sorry, LEC, not a great course history here, but you know, pretty decent on some of the other comps to, uh, you know, TBC River Highlands. So, for example, you know, he got a fourth place finish at Pebble Beach. Uh, he teamed up to finish 11th at TBC Louisiana, 13th this year at the Players Championship, uh, sixth at Amex a couple of years ago, 10th at Sea Island, third at Honda at uh, the Honda a couple of years ago. So. A lot of shorter golf courses where there's a lot of penalties. Or McCarthy's been pretty good. He's usually pretty accurate off the tee. Um, you know, he scores well from under 175. It's mostly because of that putter, though. Um, you know, it's a fr it's a friendly grass for him too. He he does pretty well, I think, on you know like poas and bent grasses and all those. So I can get behind Demi McCarthy uh, at. Definitely under 10% ownership. Uh, you could also go, well, Brian Harmon's drawing ownership now, so that's not great. You could go, this feels gross. I mean, Adam Scott, flop lag week. I mean, he's been pretty good here, good at a lot of the comp courses too. He was absolutely brutal last week after being mega chalk. Um, but fifth last year, TBC Southwind. Pretty good last year at Austin Country Club. Second at Wyndham, where he actually probably should have won. He won a Honda Classic. He's one of players. A lot of these tips, these types of golf courses, he's been really good. T13 at the Travelers a couple of years ago, too. That he's drawing not a lot of ownership this week. Maybe that's somebody just blindly go back to. So I think 
of anybody above 7500 bucks uh if you want some guys of low ownership i think it's adam scott and denny mccarthy for me um harris english feels like he's going to turn back into a pumpkin i know he's a former winner here but that's kind of been his mo like he gets everybody really excited and then he just basically craps the bed uh when he's got a lot of steam on him and then when nobody's on him then he does well like last week at lecc i wish i actually did a position on him but i didn't uh and then some guys under 7500 bucks you know patrick rogers i think was solid last week he was uh i think under seven thousand bucks i think he was kind of a trendy pick but you know t32 finished at the us open uh you know he's got a couple of good finishes you know a third at uh, what's he done in Travelers? So he finished third there in 2016. Um, you know, he was T26 there in 2018, T35 in 2017, T39 2015. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of pretty decent finishes. His latest results haven't been all that good, but you know, even though he's a bomber, that's a guy maybe he can club down, uh, you know, putt pretty well on some of these bent power greens. You know, he's had success here. You know, he's had success at some other shorter golf courses, like you know T19 at Harbor Town this year, last year at Sea Island T10. Uh, you know, he's got. I mean, way back in the day, a second place finish at RSM, a couple of good finishes at Pebble Beach too. So you know, even though it's a shorter golf course, you think it was kind of a bomber that would be a fit here. Um, you can go Andrew Putnam. What's his ownership right now? Yeah, seven percent. I thought he played pretty good last week too. He, uh, you know, held his own LS, you know, last week. Uh, the iron play has been, I think, a little better for him lately. Uh, super accurate. He's been pretty good at this golf course too. Great putter as well. He's drawn under ten percent ownership. Uh, you know, really good at Austin Country Club a couple weeks ago. Fifth at. Uh, TBC Southwind last year, sixth at Pebble Beach last year, 14th at the stadium course. Yeah, I can definitely get behind that. Uh, his travelers results for Andrew, Andrew Putnam. T46 in 2022, T13, 2021, T57, 2019. So yeah, never missed a cut. Um, 7200 bucks and low owned for a guy playing relatively well lately. So that's a name too. Uh, you can get behind CT Pan, although I think he's drawn a lot of ownership. But I mean, he, he, I think he was injured for a while, came back at, I think Byron Nelson played well. And then came back at, at RBC Canadian Open and played well. And I see a lot of similarities between Oakdale and this place as far as, um, I mean, that had really tricked out rough, but, but shorter golf course, a lot of shorter irons, had to keep in the fairway, you know, and he's pretty good with his shorter irons too. Um, you know, his ownership right now is, you know, 7%, 7,000 bucks. That's not bad. You know, Nate Lashley, he's been pretty good lately too. Uh, you know, he's got that win at Rocket Mortgage, so he can putt well on the bent poem mix, gain 6.4 strokes at the Canadian open. Um, what's he done here? He's been okay here, but he's really accurate. Great with the short irons, a uh, really good putter on bent poa. That's a name you could go to as well. Um, everybody loves Eric Cole this week. I get it. He's a darling. The ball string numbers look really good. Everybody really loves Austin Acro too. I mean, he's been really good so far as your butt. I mean, don't forget about Justin Suh. Low ownership for him. Uh, you know, he made the weekend. I think. What did he do on Sunday? I don't think it went all that great for him on Sunday. No, he finished T twenty seven last week at the U.S. Open. You know, he's been his ball striking numbers been really up and down. But he's been really good from, you know, with some of the mid to shorter irons. 
And I think he's fairly accurate too. So that that can work out for you. Uh, you can go with Will Gordon too. He showed up pretty well at uh, Oakdale a couple weeks ago. And I bet it, for me in betting Will Gordon, that's just a recipe for disaster. But you know, T18, obviously Canadian Open um, a couple weeks ago. This was kind of where the Will Gordon mania started. He finished third in the COVID year, this place. So some good vibes, maybe at TUC River Highlands. He drive for a guy who hits it really long. He drives it really straight. The iron number has been really good lately too. And that's somebody you can go with 7,100 bucks. Uh, and then obviously you got Ludwig and Sam Bennett who are really super talented players. Uh, Ludwig is drawing. Where's his ownership? Probably pretty high. Actually, not that high. You can go Ludwig this week. And I honestly, I think you give it, but you can probably go Sam Bennett too. So, I mean, so Sam Bennett, not a very long hitter, but really accurate too. You know, he's not that great around the green, but you know, the fact that he just hits a lot of fairways and he gains a lot of strokes from that, I can see that working for Sam Bennett this week. He actually had a shorter golf course. We got to keep him the fairway. They like both those guys and neither of them look like they're very, uh, Popular. So yeah, yeah. Sam Bennett, less than four percent ownership. Ludwig, less than six percent. I know. I I think of the two, I think Ludwig's ownership is definitely going to go up a lot. Uh, but you can go with him. And then one other guy I didn't mention, Aaron Rye. Um, you know, he's bet. I think he has a couple of good results here. Only I think he's got sub ten percent ownership at the moment. Yeah, like you know, really good off the tee, really accurate, really good under one seventy five. Uh, hitting his irons really good lately. You know, if you look at some of his results on some of these other shorter golf courses, with a lot of penalties on it. You know, T19 of the players this year, he's got a couple of good finishes at TBC Louisiana, 16th at the RSM. Um, he only a T40 last year, though. But, you know, that's not terrible for, what is he? That's 7400 bucks. Yeah, I guess you're looking for more. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got the third place finish to the Canadian Open, a 12th place finish at Colonus. The guy's playing good lately, and he's not drawing a ton of ownership. That's a play. All right. And then under $7,000. So, I mean, you could. I mean, this guy, this is, this is another guy that always burned me, too. He was terrible last year here, but Alex Smalley has been playing good golf, making the cut in four of his last five events. T25, the Canadian Open. T40 Charles Schwab, T23 the PGA Championship, T18 at Wells Fargo. Drives are really good. His his approach shot numbers under 175 are pretty good too. The iron play's been pretty good lately. That's a play. Um, let's see. What's Lee Hodge's ownership right now? Wow. He's getting ignored. I'm surprised at that. I mean, he's hitting, been hitting the ball really good lately. I think he's been really good here. Yeah, so T29 Charles Schwab, T12 Memorial, T25 RBC Canadian Open. The irons have been great. The offs, he's been really good too. Um, he's been pretty good at Stadium Course, really good at Honda. He's a good finish at TBC Southwind, T25 last year. Man, I can't believe his ownership is that low. I think that's a great play. Putt's really good on Ben Poa. All right, Lee Hodges, let's go. Um, I mean, Charlie Hoffman showed a little bit last week. I mean, he faded bad over the weekend, but he's been really good at TBC, at TBC River Highlands in his career. Go there. Um, 
Sam Ryder has been really bad, I think, ever since the Farmers. But, you know, I mean, he finally made a cut uh, at the Memorial. He's been hitting his irons good the last two tournaments. And for the most part, he's been really good at Travelers. So, you know, T35 finish 2022, T54 2021, uh, T51 2019, T26 2018. So, you know, at, for a guy who... Maybe you can get on on Sam Ryder a little early before he pops. Really get from under 175, too. That's not a bad play. Um, you know, Kramer Hickok, I think, has been hitting the ball a little better lately. That's the dude who went, you know, what? I think six playoff holes with Harris English a couple years ago. Um, you know, I mean, it's, he's gone... T40 cut, T21 cut, so he's due to make a cut. Uh, the iron number's been pretty good on him lately. Obviously, got that second place finish with Travelers, and he's 6300 bucks, uh, drawing very little ownership. That's something you could do, too. Um, Sam Stevens has been really good lately as well. Uh, where's my numbers on him? So he gained almost six strokes T degree at Charles Schwab, gained about two strokes at the Memorial, and then gained almost five strokes T degree at the U.S. Open, that's a guy who is fairly accurate off the tee, and he hits his shots under 175 relatively well. He's been scrambled a little better lately, too. That's a name. Uh, one guy who's coming back this week, Kevin Yu. So he had knee surgery um, earlier this year, but before he was doing that, he was hitting it so good. Like, I, he gained, he missed the cut, at the Amex, but in one round, he gained 3.6 shows ball striking at the stadium course. Uh, he finished T44 at the Farmers, and he hit the ball great there. Hit the ball great at Pebble Beach. He finished T7, uh, third place at Bermuda, and then he just disappeared. So I maybe don't play him this week. This is his first uh, start back. Uh, he played the U.S. Open qualifier a couple weeks ago. I don't think he did all that great. But definitely monitor Kevin Yu. Um, look and see how he's doing. Probably lay off and kind of see you know how he does this week. But Kevin Yu should probably go back on your radar, uh, especially this summer. We're gonna we're we're gonna get into some weaker fields where maybe he can have a couple of good finishes. And he's been good this year, so definitely keep him in mind. Uh, Dylan Wu is gonna be, I think, really popular. You know, obviously played really good. Last week at the U.S. Open, just been playing really good all year long too. Accurate off the tee, you know the iron has been really good. Did not play well here last year, but this should be a good golf course for Dylan Wu too. So, uh, I mean, seven percent ownership at sixty six hundred bucks is a little high, but if for whatever reason it comes back down to earth, you could do that. And then Carson Young, uh, shout out to my producer who loves Carson Young, and listen, we love Carson Young too. He's been very profitable to us on this show. Did not go well at LACC last week, but this I, I think this is going to be a good golf course for Carson Young here. Just super accurate off the tee, has put really good on bent Poa greens. Uh, and then a lot of the comp courses I looked at for this week, he has been pretty good at. So, you know, T19 at Harbortown, T29 at uh, Honda Classic, cut at the Zurich, but whatever. You know, those two results right there. Um, you know, and he was playing really good at Pebble Beach too, and then he had to withdraw. So, 
I think I think Carson Young's gonna be a little better this week. I think he bounces back this week. So, all right, that's it. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with Boston Capper and Jeff Feinberg to uh, talk a little more about the U.S. Open, debrief a little bit, and then we'll go over our betting picks. So, with that, good luck in DFS, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night.